say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Straw Hut Media. <clears throat> Cheers, my love. Salud, Richard Marks. Mm. Oh, yes. Delicious. It must be tequila time. Pour yourself a glass of your finest tequila or whatever you drink. From Straw Hut Media, this is Tequila Talk with Daisy Fuentes and Richard Mox. Tequila Talk time. That's right. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for joining us once again. Um, have you poured yourself a drink? Are you out jogging? Are you walking? Are you stuck in traffic? What is your deal? Are you naked? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be one of those podcasts. Okay. I should probably ask that of the women as well. But um, <laughs> but enough about the guys. Okay. Here's a question for you. If you could die, if you could choose... The time, the place, and the method of your death, would you? Oh, let's launch with some real feel-good stuff. Well, you know, it's- Let's it's, talk about, let's, go, let's get right to death. <laughs> it's thinking. It's thinking. <laughs> it's thought-provoking. All right. Well, I, I have a, a knee-jerk reaction to that, which is- um, Fuck death. What? Fuck death. Fuck death. Death can go fuck <laughs> itself. Um, I would absolutely, if I could choose the method of my death, but- I don't know. I mean, if you could choose the time, like if you knew that there was a window, if you knew, like if they did a scientific, you know, thing on you, like if they studied you for a week and they said, we can almost guarantee that you will die unless you're hit by a bus, you will die between your 87th and 88th birthday, let's just say. Right. I wouldn't choose that just because they said that. Because what if I hit eighty-eight and you're feeling great? And I feel great. Then I wouldn't be. I wouldn't want to like have to. Mm. I wouldn't have to honor that commitment. Right, right, right. But because, the method, because apparently there is a scientific way. Uh, I was reading that there is a way where they can pretty much predict the age that you will die. Which is bullshit. I don't believe that. I don't. I mean, what if it's, you know, let's say, I don't know, 70% accurate. It's not 70% accurate. Let's say, what if it's 60? <laughs> because. What What about if it's 50? Disease happens. Disease comes and gets you when it wants to. They can't predict that you won't get a disease. If you get, if you get it, if you get exposed to something, right? Mm -hmm. Or if you catch COVID or you, whatever. It's all out the window. It's bullshit. Right. But it's it's excluding all of those, you know, well, what then what's is. The, what's it's the point? just according to your um, your 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 DNA yeah. and uh, I'm sure that they factor in genetics, you know, how, how clumsy parents, you are. How clumsy you are, what your overall <laughs> health is. How dumb you are when yeah. it comes to taking risks. But uh, is that like a thing? That. I don't know. Because I know a lot of stupid old people. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. 
So, but I also know a lot of people who do like taking risks and who do just fine. And then the people who are always trying to be kind of safe are always having mishaps and mm. incidents and all sorts. But of that's crap. a good question. Does your lifestyle? You mean does your well, no. lifestyle? I was I was in- going influence. I was going after smart people versus dumb people and their lifespan. <laughs> and Such if you a think fine about line. It, if you think about it, <laughs> smart people. I think in general. While you could make the argument that they're probably more aware of their surroundings and they're smarter overall about their safety, but they're more curious and they're probably more adventurous. Not necessarily. I bet you. No, not necessarily. Whereas stupid people just sit on the couch and watch stupid TV. That is completely inaccurate because somebody could be really oblivious and a bit ignorant, but very adventurous and really not aware of the risks and they live their life much more. Um, they, they take more risks, not because they're stupid, but maybe because they're not really considering or overthinking the risks. But isn't that stupid? <laughs> Depends <laughs> who you ask. <laughs> <laughs> Seems kind of stupid to me. Um, I think that, that some things might be stupid in regards to, you know, taking risks like that. But there's also something to be said for really not overthinking things and, and, you know, living your life. You're talking to a Virgo. Yeah, that's true. That's like telling water not to be wet. <laughs> but see, I would think because you are such a control freak, Virgo, mm-hmm. that you would want to control when, where, and how you die. I would, if I believed in the possibility of controlling the when, of course, but I don't believe that. But, yeah. but if you could, not that I could control the where or how, but. But if you could, but if where I would could, it be and how? I mean, I can't really say it. Because it's. <laughs> Would it be on top of me? Yes. <laughs> yes, you know me so well. And I'm hoping that it would be, I, we would both be so old that it wouldn't be terribly traumatizing for you. Because that would, can you imagine like, what about these younger women? Yeah. Who are having sex with an older guy or whoever. Yeah. And the guy is on top of them or underneath them or whatever. Yeah. And he has a massive heart attack and dies. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that fuck with you a little bit? I would think maybe, but maybe a lot of these girls are kind of like, finally. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. They're probably looking at their watch behind their back. And then the first call is to the executor (laughs) of the will. (laughs) No, I, you know, I don't know. I would think that you would be kind of proud of yourself for that because you fucked him to death. <laughs> well, no, because what a, what a great way to die. And what, yeah, you know, that's why I'm saying, I mean, you don't not want, to want be... him to have a heart attack, you know, two hours later on the toilet. Right. That would be worse. Pull an Elvis. Yeah. So I'm so just not saying. to be indelicate, but I mean, if you're asking me, that's what a perfect way to go to yes. be in, in the throes of euphoria and passion mm-hmm. and love and second only to that would be just the ultimate is just sleep. To go to you know, go to sleep one night and not sleep. wake up. Yes, that that can really be something to aspire to. I mean, what a great way to die to just go to sleep and just not wake up. Yeah. You know, not have pain, agony, and suffering like many people do. I think that that would be the best. Actually, I'm going to revise because as as the world knows, especially I think it's especially with men, um, we tend to want to go to sleep right after we have sex mm-hmm. so that would be the ultimate to have sex and go to sleep and then just not wake up 
Right. So sex should be involved in your death somehow Always. sooner no. or later. <laughs> Always. Sex should be involved with everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 12. Yeah. That's I'm, good. I like that about you. I feel like I'm, I, I'm I, thanks to you, I've, I've uh, discovered sort of like a sexual renaissance. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs> you know we're doing a podcast right yeah it's not just us having drinks i know okay but just you know there is such a thing as oversharing just we, saying this is nothing compared to what we've overshared in past episodes i mean maybe no we've talked about the fact that you know sex is important and some people dismiss it and usually those are the people who are not having any sex hmm. i don't know i do think you know I do think it's important, but. I think it's important for your overall health. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But it's also just so good. But then how you... do you explain people who are asexual and have, you know, perfectly happy lives? Um, that's a good question. I really want to have conversations with several of them to see if that's really true. Yeah. I don't and it's know. also like you don't, if you, if you've never had sex, then you don't know what you're missing. What do you, it, I mean, everybody's had sex sooner or later. I mean, at some no, point. No, some their... people die virgins. Some people, a lot of people die virgins. Is that a thing? Really? Yes. Still? A lot of people. I wonder what the statistic is. I bet it would really, really surprise you. I got to look that shit up right now. Hold on. Everybody who's listening knows that I'm right about this. Mm, I don't know. There are a lot of people, millions of people who live their lives. And I'm sure that they, of course, they have fulfilling lives. But part of part of the reason that it's not a problem is that they've never had sex, so they don't know what they're missing. Right. You can't miss what you never had. Okay, let's see. How not, many people die virgins? How many people are lifelong virgins? Uh, lifelong virgins. <laughs> <laughs> that was the original title. <laughs> In the United States, it's near the highest in the world. 19% of women ages 40 to 44 reporting never having... What? Mm -hmm. No, that's wrong. Oh. Sorry. Different? Uh, Our audience is going... Do, 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 do. According to Center for Disease Control, the average American ends up having intercourse for the first time around the age of 17. Mm -hmm. Right, but I was later than that. But between twelve and fourteen percent of adults, age twenty to twenty-four, have never had sex, and then that drops down for adults twenty-five to twenty-nine, and then by age forty-four, only around point three percent of adults report never having had sex. Okay, so just in this country alone, point three percent of three hundred and thirty million is still a pretty large number. That's crazy. Yeah. I wonder why. Why would, like, why? Some people just, at, at a certain point, they just, they just were like, uh, I'm not getting laid, so never mind. And I do think that that's a thing. I think that the longer that you wait. Yeah, we've talked about this. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you have been sexually active and then you go through a, what they call a dry spell. <laughs> Is that what they a, call it? For lack of a better. <laughs> or you, you know, you're, you're in a rut. You're in a slump. Mm -hmm. um, there are some people, male and female, but particularly in, in our conversations, female, yeah. where after it's been a you know a couple of years, people just are like, you know what, I don't care anymore. I'm not even going to pursue it. Yeah, I think that that's 
maybe even more of a thing, you know, when you do go through sort of a dry spell and you're a little bit older or you go through a breakup or a divorce and you end up being alone for like a year or two. Mm -hmm. I think it's really hard to come back from that. And I think it's easier for a lot of people to just say, fuck it. I I can't because you become so self-aware and timid and just embarrassed of like you forget how to be with someone. Yeah. Um, I actually know a couple of people like I, where I think that that's the case, mm-hmm. you know, that they just it's been a, it's been a while. So they just kind of say, fuck it. You know, I'm yeah. done, which what's, is kind of sad. It's Well, it, well I'll tell you what's sad about it, as you know, which is that it's, it's separate from the sexual part of it, from the, uh, you know, the endorphin rush of having sex or having an orgasm. Mm-hmm. It's people who are not getting touched. Right. You know, they're it's not getting caressed. Connection. They're not getting cuddled. They're not getting, you know yeah. what I mean? It's that, I think kissed. that human connection is much more important than the actual act itself. Yeah. You know, because again, I, I don't think we're not talking about just like, for example, you know, getting a hooker or right. and having sex. Right. Although I'm sure for some people that works, yeah. but it's more about that you know meeting someone or being with someone who you feel a connection with and it turns into a physical connection and that's something that i think really does change your your chemical yeah uh, structure for a while and i think it does help you physically and emotionally and in your life to have that connection with someone but I, i suppose that for some people you can achieve that connection without sex yeah I'm sure that I know that there are people who are in very loving, affectionate relationships mm-hmm. where that's just, I guess, not a component. Although right. I'm like, I feel like Scooby-Doo in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. really? <laughs> I know. I, I get it. I guess I kind of get it. I get it. I mean, you know, to each his own. And mm-hmm. if two people have a wonderful relationship and that's what and they're getting everything that they desire from each other which doesn't include sex maybe that's not as important for some people mm-hmm. you know there are a lot of people who have uh unresolved traumas yeah where it's more painful for them to connect with someone that way or physically painful or they've had uh, or, you know, yeah. something but you know no i'm talking more of a normal in a normal average yeah. person relationship where there aren't any you know blockages but mm-hmm. maybe just emotional or some more traumatic things and maybe or maybe just you're that's the way you're made up where you, that's not something that you need and if two of two people find each other that way and they give each other all the love and attention and respect and and friendship and they still have a loving physical connection you know where there's a lot of hugging and a lot of tenderness maybe Mm -hmm. that's that's great that's fine yeah i mean who are we to say no you're missing something in your relationship they're not right if they don't feel like they are they're not right although i do feel like some one person that i know who i know who is my age ish um to my knowledge in many 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 years they have not had any sexual interaction with anyone Um, and so they they seem to be past it and they don't really care. Yeah. But I'm curious if in their past, if they had sexual experiences that were just really unrewarding for them. So, cause I think that if you have 
at whatever age, if you have a connection with someone or forget even a connection, if you have a sexual interaction with someone that is really pleasing for you, like mm -hmm. if you had a great time, that's going to plant a seed that you're going to want more of that. You're going to look for more of that. But if you've had, you know, only a couple of sexual interactions or one and it was lame, then that could probably set you on the course of like, I, you know what? I don't care. I've, I've done it. I did it once or twice and it wasn't for me. As opposed to having that a that's great a sexual experience. Because look, you can have a slice of pizza. And even if it's not the best slice of pizza, you're still going to have others. You're going to be like, oh, there's going to be a better slice of pizza. <laughs> yeah, but some people are not as passionate about pizza as you are. <laughs> <laughs> and we totally got off topic. About yeah, well, I have another your... topic I want to talk about. Um, Wait, which... you didn't answer. Would you? Oh, would, would I? Would you choose your method or time sure i would i would you choose rather, your time well i think if, if i could choose a time and it say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, that's tricky, because I could say, you know, 92. And then your 92nd birthday, you're like, I want... I'm good. I want more. Yeah, did but, I say 92? I yeah, meant 94. Yeah, but do you really? Do you really? Do you really want more than 92? Maybe at that, at that point, maybe we oh, do. Oh, I don't know. That's no, just maybe, being greedy. Maybe, the, maybe for us, 92 will feel like 75. Yeah. Well, then, you know, I think I would put some fine print in the contract. <laughs> <laughs> I would. An escape clause. <laughs> yes. I would, I would say, you know, 95 if I am physically and mentally, yeah. you know, you, you okay. Need some, you need some option. Right. But if not, then I have to be able to move that up. Yeah. You know, because I would rather have a full life and live to 70. Yeah. Than, you know, have my last 20 years and be shitty be completely shit and die at 95 mm -hmm. you know how would you die if you could choose uh in in my sleep wearing something nice <laughs> <laughs> so that when you find me in the morning or you know when someone comes in i look like like oh my god beauty. she's dead but wow she, she's beautiful very stylish yeah <laughs> she looks so great is that Gucci? <laughs> <laughs> Look how beautiful her hair looks. Wow. Her highlights are fresh. <laughs> She's got a manicure and a pedicure. Is that a real tan or self-tanner? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, my God. Look, her toes are perfect. <laughs> yeah, that would be it. Mm. Just so someone can maybe take a picture and post it and yeah. I would look good. Yeah. Even in death. Sure. <laughs> she had it together. <laughs> What's your other question? I'm gonna while you're saying the question, I'm gonna turn the air conditioning because it's getting a little warm in here. Oh, it's we close all the doors here. to keep the sound 
you know, better, but it's hot. It's getting so, a little warm. Go ahead yeah. and, and listen to this next, because I was really serious. I was reading all the news about all how, you know, this whole racism situation is really out of control and, and really coming to light as of late. Well, for the however manyth time. Yes. It's not new. But, well, what is new is us, the rest of the world, all of us being aware of it, uh, of just how bad it is. Okay. Mm. So this awareness of racism is is somewhat new. I mean, yes, we've always had uh, times in history where civil unrest has had to happen because of whatever injustice. But as of late, you know, with all the protests and riots and everything and, and you know, videos coming to light of mm-hmm. obvious racism, mm-hmm. uh, it's just been a little bit more in the news in a different way, I feel, where I've been reading about it to the point where I was asking myself this question, um, you know, and especially recently, I think it was last week where there was uh, that protest and the kid, the 17 year old kid with the AR. Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah. With the what What was that semi-automatic AR-15. that he had? AR-15. Yeah. So, you know, how, first of all, how a child is allowed to walk out of the house with one of those. Well, Google Kyle Rittenhouse's mother. Exa- exactly. So, okay. So that, th- this brings me to my point. Yeah. We're trying to end racism. We are trying to change the way people think. And this is not going to happen when parents are passing down racism. Well, if I may it's inherited. If I may interject, so far in the investigation of the Kyle Rittenhouse murders, first of all, his victims were all white. Yeah. Um, yeah, but these were white victims who were fighting for for yes, justice. These were yes. white people who were uh, on the right side of history. Yes. And there seems to be some evidence that even at 17, based upon some of his postings and that he certainly followed a white supremacist. Yes. Um, ideology of course because that's what but he was taught I, I, I still think you know i I'm, I'm not so as quick to judge the motive at this point yet um i also think that some there's part of me that thinks that a guy like kyle rittenhouse who, who was you know trained to be who he is by his parents or right. at least by his mother it seems simply just wanted to be part of the pro-trump movement which involves a lot of racism because yes. trump is clearly racist so well and if not and and he is sort of uh not normalized but but he's given a voice oh, absolutely to racists in this country that absolutely w- that they would not normally have ever yeah, had. But you can't just blame one guy no but you can but when it's the president of the united states you, you can't supporting the hatred the hate the hatred of minorities Mm -hmm. black people mexican people muslim you you name it Mm -hmm. that's a that's an additional problem that's extra weight absolutely so you've got the leader of the The free free world uh, yeah basically promoting hate and divisiveness particularly against people of color but 
you, I, I'm not putting the blame on him because if you're brought up the right way and if you live a decent life, you can be a Republican and not be racist. I mean, right, that's a of thing. course. And He's no one's blaming. I don't think any right-minded person right. is blaming Trump for racism. However, right. what I, and I was very specific, but when the president of the United States voices that kind of rhetoric and is uh, in a sort of like the wind in the sails of mm -hmm. racists who up to now had to keep it kind of on the DL. But did they really? Not yeah, in their communities, not in their home, not, you, not with their not. people, not at the Thanksgiving table, dinner table. Right. You know, so. But publicly. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, you know, yeah, I, I listen, I, I blame Trump for a lot of things, but for people being disgusting, racist pigs, I can't really blame him for that. No, that's his journey. I but agree. now here's the question. Will his son Baron? grow up to be a racist asshole because of his the way he thinks the way this guy kyle the 17 year old who just went out and killed people who were fighting or protesting racism mm -hmm. uh, you know is there a way to help the younger generation who are victims of their surroundings who are victims of their parents hatefulness and racism so should racism be taught in schools until racism is is and kindness is taught and equality and justice unless until all of that is taught in school along with the history of slavery and american history and everything it, it's going to continue but the problem is that okay so you have parents then saying well i don't want my kids being taught that and then you also have teachers who are racist, who yeah. are not going to teach, who are going to subliminally teach hate, mm -hmm. um, you know, in their way of telling. You can tell history in a way where it makes you more compassionate and kind. Yeah. And you can teach history where it makes you, where it fuels the fire. Yeah, it depends on hate. your ideology. Exactly. So as a teacher, it is so important, I feel, to get psychologists and teachers together to create some sort of an atmosphere in school where you can catch these children, possibly the children of racist, hateful, white supremacists, and catch them at, a, at an age where you can teach them differently than what they're seeing at home. And it will make a difference mm -hmm. as they grow up, you know, because when you're with your peers and when you're at school, you kind of want to be like your peers mm -hmm. and if you're all in the right frame of mind of thinking about kindness and thinking of of american history in a better way with a more compassionate heart then maybe there is hope for the next generation but until that happens you know there are going to be new generations of this bullshit how do you stop that uh, while i agree that it would be wonderful to have racism like every school has to have a class on racism but taught by the right instructors obviously um while i think that that would be helpful you know it's funny you texted your yeah nephews I, who I'm are 17 and i texted my 11 year old granddaughter and she said no i've never been taught that in school but i you know i totally agree and she just knows she just she hates the idea that people are treated differently because of the color of their skin. That was her text back to me, which was so sweet. But, but like, for instance, when I was growing up, I was raised by two parents who were and I've, we've talked about this, who were so um, vehemently hating of race, of anything that smacked of racism and so the so quick to defend 
anyone that that was being disenfranchised or um or prejudiced against by the color of their skin or their religion. So I was raised with two parents who really walked that walk, okay? But I also had a couple of relatives, I had a couple of uncles who I worshiped, who I loved. They were I thought they were so cool. And and they loved me and I loved them and we hung out and I looked up to them and they were fucking racist. Mm-hmm. And and I heard, you know, I I heard the jokes and I heard them say, you know, horrible words and and yet i knew it was wrong i still loved them but i knew it was wrong because the the main the main uh source of my knowing right from wrong was my parents exactly you know so even someone in my family whom i loved when i realized that they had racist ideology i i just sort of dismissed it and I, i i knew it was wrong um, over as I got older, I distanced myself from those people. I, I no longer remain because at a certain point I was like, yeah, I can't. It's hopeless. It's hopeless, and and it's not that I don't care about them, but it's just that I can't. I can't. I don't want to be around anybody who thinks that yeah. way. You know. So I texted my nephews and I said, "Hey, were you guys taught anything about racism in school? Just curious." And and my one nephew said, "This is his exact text. Kinda. We learned about slavery and the civil rights movement and everything that happened then, but other than that, not really. I think kids in school, especially younger kids, should be taught about racism more than the slavery that actually happened back then." And I said to him, "You know, yeah, I think that, you know, kids with super racist in super racist parts of the u.s with racist parents you know they should be taught that racism is wrong but then again many teachers teachers are racist and that's probably the problem he said yes we actually talked about that in class the other day how these kids in the deep south for example grow up being racist because that's all that they know uh since their parents are racist they think that's what's right and schools don't really tell them differently so he said that or you said that he said that wow he said that so i think it's obvious yeah yeah um, and by the way, while that's generally true, there are just maybe not as many, but there's there's tremendous racism in upstate New York. Oh, absolutely. And, everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Cape Cod and <laughs> especially. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think. Yes. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. No, it's everywhere. But I, I'm, there's obviously <clears throat> there are obviously places that are more concentrated that where it's yeah. just the norm and it's 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 well known. You know, it's more surprising in big cities, in big urban cities. It's more surprising. Well, there's also, you know, the Deep South has sort of a historical. Sure. uh, Yeah. You know. Well, it's part of their history. It's part of their history. And that's why I think that history in schools needs to be taught with a different tone, for example. You know what I mean? And I think that that's where... um, psychologists can work with teachers to develop some sort of a new attitude towards teaching American history. Yeah. I feel like, like for instance, when I went to, even in high school, I don't think I learned about Emmett Till. I don't think, I think some of the most um, horrible examples of racism and murder of black people in this country or people of color in general. Um, I learned about post school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that everybody 
owes it to themselves to at least investigate those stories. Because yeah. I, I don't think you can be a feeling human being and hear some of the stories that happened to these people and be okay with it or feel like that there's any, well, like, that it's could possibly stand. I agree. But the problem is that the way some of these families are passing on the hate is that they are not telling the stories with that kindness or with that compassion. They're not seeing it that way. Yeah. And it doesn't have much to do with history. It has to do with the present and the way they view people different than them. And it's not just by race. It's religions also. There are people who hate Muslims. There are people who hate anything that isn't of their belief. Yeah. You know, um, They believe that it, that their God would support them in being hateful or hurting someone who doesn't believe the way that they do. Uh, so I think a lot of these things need to really start being taught in school kids need to start thinking differently because you don't know what kind of hell they're in at home what they're listening to and what kind of parents they have and all of this is passed on from generation to generation and it is going to continue to be passed on because this is a learned behavior yeah. it's going to continue until we do something to stop it in Sadly, the next generation I don't, see, I don't see real change happening in my lifetime i don't I just I, gotta, I do look. I'm already starting to see some change, and I think that some well, change is good. But until we change the new generation, things. But we're not the ones to ask if there's change. We're the wrong people okay, to I ask. I understand, but I can only speak from my point of view. And from my point of view, mm -hmm. I am seeing some change in in society. I don't know what that means, you know, for uh, a black person who has dealt with with horrible racism all their lives i don't know if they're seeing any any difference yeah, i can only question. speak from my perspective and from what i'm reading in the news from uh, talking with my friends from um just my perspective and, and the way maybe it's just because we're going through another one of those huge civil unrest in in history I feel it. I see it. And I hope that it will do something. Yeah. I hope that it will continue in that real. I, look, some real change has happened. There have been some laws implemented. There have there has been some change yeah. politically. Um, well, particularly right now, if you zero in, I mean, because the, the overall concept of racism is just so mind-blowingly complicated and seems impossible to even dissect or overcome. But... But the the subject of the way police treat black people versus white people is really the the point of the Black Lives Matter movement. It's really it's it's actually very specific. My, this this opinion, by the way, that I'm about to say, I may be full of shit, but I feel like it is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I feel like the Black Lives Matter movement is faceless, is not... I, I feel like it lacks leadership in a way that that it would benefit from. Sure. I feel like I, I want to know who is... The sp- who are the spokespeople for this on a grand level? Yeah, they're not as visible. Yeah, I don't even know who they are because it just seems like this movement, yeah. which is needed and powerful, and and I'm completely supportive of it. But I I kind of feel like until there is real leadership, a in real that human movement, connection to it. Yeah, maybe I, I, a more personalized. Yeah, I feel know. like it will benefit from from very um focused leadership well yeah and and although that might be missing there are many 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 people who represent that movement yeah who stand up for it and at the very least for what it means and for what they're trying to do yeah um but (laughs) i read somewhere someone said you know where are all the people where are all those people saying all lives matter when this 17-year-old killed another white protester? Yeah. You know, where are those people now saying, hey, all lives matter? Yeah. Or is it that all lives don't matter because this person was one of the protesters no, no. for something that yeah. you stand against? That's part of it. And it's also <clears throat> all li- the people who say all lives matter are only saying that in response to Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. which, which you say because you're a fucking racist you just say it to say it no one is no no one from the movement no one even who started that phrase ever had the intention of black lives matter in terms of only black it's not that you've got to be a fucking moron to think that now it's just yeah but people are still saying it because you know i think this country is broken up into groups and you either belong to that group yeah or you belong well, to this group. Ever. There never, is we've no. We've never been more divided. It's so divided, and it's so just this or that. Yeah. There's no, you know, you either, and that's we've talked about that many times. Yeah. How people feel like if you're now a Republican, you have to stand for everything that that represents. Yeah. There's no middle ground. There's no middle middle ground. That's myopic. So you're either for all lives matter, or you're. Black Lives Matter. Right. Like, there's no, like, you There's know, no critical thinking. Right. There's no, like, of course, all all lives matter. But yes, I understand the movement and I get why they're saying that of and course. what that means. And I'm going to support that. Right. Because you're a compassionate person or, cap- capable of yes, critical thinking. Yes. It's like you have to pick a side and go with everything that that yeah, side. That's one of the most annoying it's things so about annoying. this country right now. Yeah. It's so this annoying. or that. It's this or that. We'll be right back after this short break. By the way, because uh, you mentioned Kyle Rittenhouse, you know, a a pro-Trump supporter in Portland was murdered a couple, you know, a few days mm-hmm. ago. And I know that that's under investigation. I actually, you know, I, I can't believe I'm having to say this. Whoever was responsible for that deserves the exact same justice as Kyle Rittenhouse. They're murderers. It doesn't right. matter who they killed. Exactly. Race, racism and murder have nothing to do with each other. Mm-hmm. The, the act of murdering another person 
is fucked. So it doesn't matter whether, you know, and that's what's really annoying is that the people, especially people on Fox News and the mouthpieces of the far right, they have jumped all over that. Like that, that person needs to be brought to justice. But Kyle Rittenhouse is a hero to them. He's mm. just protecting. He's just doing what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And that kind of thinking, where you excuse murder of yeah. another person and you call yourselves the fucking pro-life right, movement, right. fuck you. Well, or the cop who thanked Kyle for being out there and helping. Well, they thanked the, the whole group of right. people. Yeah. Instead of you know pulling him aside and saying, hey, do you have an ID? You know, Are you old enough to even carry yeah. this? Yeah, and why, because what he are you wasn't. doing here? Yeah, and exactly. You know, or when people see someone on social media who has an account filled with hate and racism, you have to report it. You have to stop it and you have to investigate that person because that leads to uh, uh, that leads to crime that leads to violence. You know, are you directing this right to Mark Zuckerberg? I hope (laughs) because he's he's the one that needs to answer for it. I think everyone He's not responsible for these people's pages. He's he, responsible n- for what stays on Facebook. Okay, no. No, yes. he's not. Yes, he is. No, Look, he is not. If they're capable of pulling down X number of posts because it does that, then they have a responsibility to do that with all with all of it. I understand that. But and Mark are, Zuckerberg has a fucking agenda. We all know okay, what it is. Yeah, but he, he is not personally the, the person to go and look through all of the accounts on Facebook and say, I'm going to pull this one down. I'm going to pull that one down. No, but, it is up to us to police each other. But when other. his own employees have pointed these things out and he still takes no action, that tells us everything we need to know about him. And that's what's look, been happening. I am not a fan of blaming any you know, uh, problems on any one person because no one person is responsible for your behavior. So if Mark is an asshole, that's his problem. And if he starts doing something that is wrong and is promoting hate, then we should call him out personally on it. But we cannot hold him responsible for every account on Facebook. We are the ones on Facebook. We're the ones looking through all these accounts. So when we find one that is like this, instead of saying something or posting about it and criticizing the people, we've got to take action and have them shut down, point them out to the right people and to the authorities and have these people investigated. That is the way to do it. But you're missing my point. And if you look this shit up, especially in the last couple of weeks, he's had countless employees who blasted him saying, we brought this stuff to your attention. Mm -hmm. We flagged it. You didn't pull it. Mm -hmm. So well, he, that is no, his responsibility. I refuse to believe. That's like saying, okay. well, it really wasn't Charles Manson's responsibility because ref- he didn't go to the house and no, kill those people. No, that's different. I refuse to believe that Mark is the one, res- the, the sole person saying, okay, yeah, let's, this account can go, this account can, it's too much. He is not in charge of that. But that happens on Twitter every day, which is also, the, 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 it's the same kind of platform. And so when Twitter pulls the president's tweets down yeah. for, for even just, forget being hateful, or being anti-Semitic, or but just to being being blatantly factually incorrect, which yes. they've been doing. If they're capable of doing that, yeah. then why isn't he? You're capable of doing it for the very high-profile accounts that are obviously very visible. There are only a handful of those. When it's your average person with you know 100 followers, that's not something that Mark Zuckerberg is going to be paying attention to. That he's not responsible for that. It is up to do you us know how many to times, point that out. Do you know how many times I have reported tweets? That then the, the account is suspended within mm-hmm. a day. Yes, but that is so a it's mo- doable. That's a more auto. Yeah, but that doesn't go to the head of Twitter. That is a more automated process. 
Okay. It doesn't. But you're still missing the point. One person is not responsible for that. Right. But if the person responsible for Twitter is told by Twitter employees, we have a problem with this account or we have a problem with this. Yes. And he takes no action. Then whose fault is that? Because that's what they blasted him about. Okay. You need to read this article. Yes. I understand. Okay. So ultimately it's his fault. But there must be many departments after him responsible for of course for that and, and with the authority to pull that trigger but he has the ability to be I get informed that he's and the fall say, guy yeah, yes he's the fall guy i get it i get it but he is not the sole person responsible for all the racists on facebook the same way that trump is not, not responsible for all the racism that is happening but in that's america not what we're talking about i'm gonna need another drink if you're gonna keep arguing with me oh, we've got plenty <laughs> Switch gears because we started having this really interesting conversation about happiness that I yes, and it started um, because I read how it was uh, Buffett's birthday recently, a few days ago. Yeah, and Bill Gates uh, recalled how Buffett himself phrased this uh when they both spoke to columbia university students in 2017 and this is the exact quote which he then you know gates kind of read it back to buffett on his birthday a few days ago he said quote and and this is coming from buffett quote you will move in the direction of the people that you associate with so it's important to associate with people who are better than yourself. The friends you have will form you as you go through life. Make some good friends. Keep them for the rest of your life. But have them be people that you admire as well as like. So this is what Gates recalled to Buffett about Buffett saying. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really true. Don't you think? How do you feel about that? I mean, don't you think that who you spend the most time with is really important like you know are they proactive kind of go-getters with qualities that you admire or are they people who just sit around and criticize other people you know do they bring you down do they make you laugh how do you feel when you're around the people who you're around the most do they motivate you or do they drain you i think that that is all really important it's crucial and you and you'll find that it becomes more and more crucial as you get older and you start to weed out it's not like you don't care about certain people anymore but we all know you have friendships i say this often sometimes you you realize that some of your friendships are based solely on history Mm -hmm. and not the present so you've been friends with that person since high school for example and you're still friends with them because you've well we've been friends since high school but if you really nail them down you go yeah but what do you like about him Mm -hmm. like what do you what do you admire about him right what do you and often what comes out is well, I, we don't have really anything in common except the past right or yeah you know what i mean i see him because we've been friends for so long but he drains the fuck out of me every exactly. time I, you know that's when and not to sound callous about it but that's as you get older you start to go yeah that's that's not how i want to spend my time because there yeah. are people who i when i spend time with them i you know my friend matt scannell we've talked about this mm-hmm. uh but I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the show. He came up with this phrase years ago, especially when we've lived in different cities. So we didn't see each other that often. When we would get together or when we would just get on the phone for half an hour just to talk. He One day he said to me, he goes, spending time with you is like vitamins for me. It's like it really makes me feel better. 
And that's what I think you want in friendships. That's such a great compliment. It's a great compliment. And I feel exactly the same way about him. And there are people who exist in our lives mm -hmm. who when we spend time with them, and even, you know, we have a couple friends who mm -hmm. when we spend time with them, it's not just enjoyable, but we go, that was two hours worth spending. Yeah. Like they're really good people and we yeah. laughed and yeah. they're caring people. It's easy. People. It's easy to spend right. time with someone. And then there are people who we know and we like or we even love but then we'll go oh my god that was exhausting yeah some people kind of get a little bit more they kind of reverse yeah. you know um and i only have a couple of good friends from high school who i yeah. still who are still good friends and we still see each other every chance we get yeah um and even though we don't have a lot in common, because obviously my my life took a very different turn when I was very young and I started doing something that was kind of unconventional. Even though our lives are different that way, we have something in common, which is the way we grew up and and the fact that we all knew, knew each other in high school. But I really admire them as as grownups, you know, what, what they've turned their life into, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, uh, the business, how they've created a wonderful business for themselves, the way they, they're, they are with their spouse. And, and obviously I've now become really good friends with their spouses as well, because it's been so many years, mm -hmm. but I really admire their choice of partner or the way that they are wonderful mothers or the way that they also took an unconventional route you know and even though it's just these couple of friends i love i admire what they've done with their life you yeah. know and i admire the people that they have become and they still make me laugh and we still that's have important it's so important and it's still really easy to hang out with them yeah and that's important but you know making friends as an adult takes time so now it's very i do wish that while I was in my 20s and I was really busy working and traveling the world. And I was, you know, at the height of my, I was just on a roller coaster and was just going straight up, you know, yep. most of the time. Mm -hmm. um, I wish I had made more friends of different backgrounds and of, of different, uh, with different careers and different ambitions. You know, when I was too busy working and I had many acquaintances, but I didn't really make any close friends. Mm -hmm. Um so I, I do I do realize how important that is. You know, if, if you know anyone in their teens or in their 20s, it's really important to remind them to make friends who inspire them to do different things, to make friends who, who are different than them, who think differently. Yeah. That's really important. Yeah. You know, some people like one of my pet peeves is people who just kind of sit around and criticize other people yeah that's draining that's just draining or someone who just like their topic of conversations is like a an episode of real housewives yeah. you know yeah like that to me is just like just stop i can't i can't spend time with someone like that yeah and there's so many people like that yeah and that's if you're if all the people around you are those kind of people who just complain and criticize that's draining and you need to limit time with those people because it's hurting you it genuinely is hurting your energy it's hurting the way you think yeah it drains you from your own happiness now if you're around someone who is happy who is positive who is kind and funny we're talking about things that they love or things yes. that they think are great rather right. than trashing everything telling you all the 
people that they think are assholes and the, all the stuff that they think is shitty. Yeah. That's just so toxic and it's just yeah boring it's, you know we also live in an age of very superficial social ties and a lot of people are incapable of like genuine human connections right so that makes it even more difficult but it, it is important to also make new friends as you're older as you get older it, yeah. even though it's difficult it's difficult um i i think that if you're you know a good way to look at it is Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If if you find yourself constantly criticizing the people who you're with, like saying, oh, this one is this or that one drains me. We're going to see this one and who's going to obviously complain about that. So if you're the the only one, if you if you feel like you're the only sane, positive. normal, positive one in your group, you need to get a new group. Yeah. It's really a great way to assess yeah, your people like, and your, your tribe. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But a lot of people feel good being that person, yeah. you know, and they don't realize that, you know, you're just, you're hurting yourself. Yeah. All these people are bringing you down and you're willingly going. Yeah. What else you got? Um, I don't know. How are you feeling with everything? How's your happiness level these days? Oh, pretty good overall. But I, I, I uh, as you know, I've learned, if if nothing else, the best advice I can give everyone about your mental health or your your uh, sense of happiness is happiness is a journey, not a destination. Yeah. And I also f have found that, and this sort of even um, affect has affected my songwriting over the years. Because sometimes I'll have people go, why are so many of your songs sad? Or why are so many of your songs about, you know, breakups or longing or yearning rather than being really happy? And there are a couple of reasons for that. One is that most happy songs suck. <laughs> They're just boring. <laughs> Unless That's we're talking true. about a fun, uh, you know, happy song How like about September. You're happy? Because well, but I'm you, like, happy. Yeah, but you know the original title of that was Cause I'm Miserable, and then he changed it. <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying is that I, I found that, first of all, the feeling of happiness, I've found, is fleeting. Mm -hmm. You can feel it, and you can be so in it for a minute, and then it's sort of like, where did it go? Yeah, but you can say Whereas, that about sadness as well. No, 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 sure. no, no. You can wallow in shit for a long time. Well, you that's can where feel... your brain is happy. That's just a habit that Listen, you're in. You, you're even an example. When you've talked to me about a couple of periods in your life where you were really, really unhappy and sad, you people talk about, oh, I went through this horrible period after my breakup. For six months, I you never hear people say, and then there was that year when I was so happy for like eight months. You never hear people talk about that. You hear people relate the stories to their depression, their sadness, their unhappiness. Mm -hmm. 
And I think it's because something chemically in the brain makes the feeling of sadness carry more weight mm -hmm. than happiness. Um, yeah, I somewhat agree, but I can go back to life, to my life and think of long periods of time where I was happy and really content with the direction that my life was going in and really present in my life. Right. But you don't relate those stories really. Yeah, sure. I do. Not as often as, you know, and I'm not saying you, I'm saying that people in general. I think that sadness and unhappiness and depression is a place where all of our minds, all of our minds are very comfortable there. Mm -hmm. So your mind constantly wants to go back and dwell on shit. Yeah. And it is up to us to realize that that and is that's just, a habit. that's a habit of yeah. your mind yeah, and that you can that choose sure. different thoughts, that you can choose different Absolutely. feelings. Absolutely. And it's a practice. You know, I've been feeling recently like... I'm kind of getting used to just being a loner and being not very social and not doing a whole lot. And I go through times where I'm thinking to myself, you got to snap out of this shit. This is not healthy. And then I go through other times where I say to myself, you know, you're in your 50s. It's okay to just not want to do anything for a while. Yeah, It's okay to just be and i'll look around and be like but what are you doing you're not being really productive these days and i'll look outside and see the ocean and it brings me calm and it will remind me like you just kind of got to go with the flow mm -hmm. and i'm i'm going through a little bit of back and forth with myself yeah of you know there's this talk which i guess comes from society and comes from a very having having had a very busy life and slowing down a bit right now where I keep wanting to snap myself out of this want not being very motivated and mm -hmm. not being very productive and really being affected by everything that's going on in the world where I kind of just want to hide under a rock. Yeah. You know, some people that motivates them to take action and do things. And right now it's making me kind of just want to go into my shell. I don't, I just want to disconnect and I'm having a real struggle of like, you know, you got to snap back into it. This isn't the way life is always going to be. And and it's just going, well, what if I kind of like it? Well, again, that leads you back to, you know, what makes you happy? You know, what brings you happiness? And if accomplishing or being productive really makes you happy for an extended period of time, mm. like it brings you happiness, then that's worth doing. But if you know that, well, no, I'm just doing that because I feel like I need to, like, We've talked about this a lot where <laughs> I remember five months ago, I sort of had this mental list of all the things that I was going to do with all this downtime. I haven't done hardly any of it. Yes. And it's okay. I finally got to the point where I was like, yeah, obviously, I didn't want to do those things. Right. Um, but, yeah. <sighs> but happy. But I, I, I think that we're, we share one. One of the things that we're sharing uh, is that I think. I can speak for you in that overall, we're in a really happy place. Yeah. We're really happy with each other. We're happy in our relationship. We're happy to be able to be so grateful for the way we live, mm -hmm. especially right now when so many people can't live that way. But I think that we are both cut from this cloth of, I have a real 
lifelong problem with being told what I can and cannot do. Mm, you've mentioned that. And I feel like the, the part of me that gets unhappy or the part of me that gets uh, pissed off is coming more in the last few months of being feeling like I'm being told I can, what I cannot do. That's I, ego. That's not happiness. No, no, no. But it's also I like I can't go hang out with my kids and hug them and but go, you can. No, not not in the way that not in the ways that we're used to. But we can still see we them. We can't just go do what like go to Mexico for sure the weekend or well because they won't have us. <laughs> yeah, nobody will have us. <laughs> we can't go anywhere because they're not letting us in because we're assholes. We're assholes, and you know who you are. <laughs> yeah, but so that has created a little bit of a zapper of my happiness mm -hmm. because I, I'm always aware that um, things are just so weird. Yeah. But then there's a part of me that says, well, you don't need to go to Mexico to be happy. You don't need to do all these things. Absolutely like we, true. We can, if what you really want to do is spend some time with your kids, you can spend a day with them out here on the beach. We, we have. can, you know, and we have, and, and you make do, you know, and, and, Again, you know, it, you said if doing all these things are the things that you think, you know, or that you believe make you happy, then that's what you should do. But I, I think it's important to remember that things, doing things and achieving things, that's not where happiness lies. Oh, no, that's a recipe not. for disaster and depression because it's always going to let you down. Putting your hopes in something or someone or some activity or yeah, because it's always the, it always ends with the same two-word question what now right and you may have done it well and you it, you can achieve things that bring you moments of joy and 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 you feel good about it but you know th i think the trick is to feel that happiness when you are doing nothing and that's really difficult and that's something that i'm really trying to focus on like that's a practice it is a practice, especially these days where I'm being, you know, so kind of unproductive, you know, and, and I'm trying to think to myself, like, this would be a great time to think creatively and to want to, to come up with something that will not just bring me joy, but that will bring other people joy. Mm -hmm. um, and although that's in the back of my mind, I don't want to pressure myself with thinking that because then that's also a recipe for sadness and depression because if i don't come up with the right thing i'm a failure you know so i'm trying to find joy in simple things like cooking and making new recipes looking out at the ocean going for a walk on the beach being out in nature those are the things that are really fulfilling me right now and, yeah. and helping me be present but th that's the one thing that i've learned is that the minute you put your uh your hopes in something or someone or some achievement and you think that that's going to bring you happiness, that's a real recipe for disaster. Absolutely. It's just a happiness letdown. Happiness is an inside job. So, um, I don't know. I'm struggling right now between, you know, am I happy or am I miserable? I don't know. Stay tuned. <laughs> well, I don't think you're miserable. I don't think either one of well, us are Well, you know, miserable. I'm talking about this, this state inside my head. You know, I'm obviously not miserable, but am I in a, in a good place or in a bad place? But how personally? different is it? How different is it that from last year we both go through periods yeah where even when we're busy and we're accomplishing and we're doing our thing and we're living yeah. our lives we have days or a couple days in a row whatever mm -hmm. i certainly do where i'm just in a funk i'm just yeah. like I'm, I'm just not happy and it's not that i'm not happy with you or i'm not happy with my life or i'm not it's just that i'm just blue or i'm down or i'm focused on negativity yeah 
I'm allowing my thinking to be compromised by negativity. And that's, you know, I, I don't care how many times I repeat this. You are a product of your thoughts. And it's all, it all comes down, yes. it all comes down to sort of like forgetting, oh shit, I'm just thinking the wrong shit. I'm just thinking the wrong thoughts. And you're absolutely right. But there is also such a thing as collective energy and the collective energy around us in this country right now. Yeah, it's is, shit. It's dire. Yeah. It's like the worst, you know, and that's why you have countries who have only the countries that have only known war, countries that are war ridden and and controlled by and ruled by poverty. Yeah. Surrounded by poverty and crime and war and death. The collective energy in those countries is much different than the collective energy of, you know, a, a happy island in the Bahamas. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's very different. And right now, the collective energy in this country is affecting us all. Because even though you can control your own thoughts and you can be in a happy place in your own head, the collective energy around you is going to affect you. And it's very hard to control. And it's very important to realize that. And to realize that it's separate from you and why it's affecting you and that it is affecting, that it's all around us. There's also this. Let me just throw this out there. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take from our existence, our life together. Can you think of a day? Let me just describe a day for you. You wake up next to me. We, Betty gets up in bed with us. We pull the curtains open. It's a beautiful day. We meditate for half an hour, sitting next to each other. Um, we have a coffee and maybe a really nice breakfast that you make. And then we take a walk on the beach and we talk and we get a little vitamin D. And then we come back and we might read, you know, like I'm in the middle of the a biography on Chris Cornell and this lifespan book by david sinclair yeah, which i'm reading too um you might go on um pinterest and get some ideas for something mm -hmm. um, answer emails i get it we do our thing right and then we by the end of that day we have a nice dinner we have a couple of tequilas are you ever going to look at a day like that and go i'm unhappy um technically no but the thoughts that go through your mind throughout that day can be, can can help, you know, what decide whether that was a great day or not. Because you can be having all those beautiful experiences and be enjoying all of that, but the thoughts that are in your head are different. Yeah. You know, so you can acknowledge that you've had a great day, but you're feeling something that you either can't quite describe or you're feeling something that you can't fix. You're feeling something that is working against you. So just because you have the seemingly perfect life, and many, many people do, many people talk about how content they are and how grateful they are for their lives, the thoughts inside their own heads and the way that they feel about themselves, the way that they think about themselves uh, is working against all this. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Whereas you can have what seems like a really dreary life and the person is perfectly happy. Yeah true it's just much more difficult for me to think incorrect thoughts when i'm doing things and i'm conducting myself in a way that i know is good for me yeah 
I, I guess that's where it starts by you treating yourself with love and, and doing things to nourish your soul. You know, how you treat yourself how, with the things that you eat, the things yeah. that you do, the how you treat your body. That all influences your brain. I mean, you know, we used to think that the brain was separate from the body and it's not. No. So I'd like to know from our listeners as we wrap up, what makes you happy? What are the things that really trigger happiness in you? Mm -hmm. What are your happiness hacks? I'd also like to know when you are really happy, what are the things that steal your yeah what derails happiness it? what derails it what what kind of what thoughts kind of take away from your happiness yeah when we uh when we put this episode up on our social media comment and answer those questions for us would you that'd be great are we done here we're done here i'm hungry yeah i'm hungry too um subscribe if you haven't um Rate, give us a nice rating. Five stars would be awesome. Um, tell your friends to listen to Tequila Talk with Daisy Fuentes and Richard Marks. And thanks for listening thanks to Tequila listening. Talk. And um, you guys, we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Tequila Talk with Daisy Fuentes and Richard Marks. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. And while you're at it, check out some of the other great shows available on Straw Hut Media. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.